What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey, everyone, just want to let you know real quick before we get started, we just recorded and finished our entire episode of The Waiver Wire, and then the Daniel Jones news broke. So we recorded an additional few minutes at the end of the show. Check the time code in the description, but we talk about the Daniel Jones news. It's about an hour or so into the show. It's the last thing we talk about, but for the first hour or so of the show, we were doing it without knowing the breaking news. Enjoy the podcast. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to your week three waiver wire edition of Fantasy Football Today. I'm in a great mood, guys, because I scored the second Fewest fantasy points in the podcast league this week. And I won! Because defense Second wins fewest? championship. Second fewest. And I, oh. I I played the team that scored uh, even less than me. Loser, whoever You're, you are. Are, are you going to out the loser? Sure. Why not? Uh, let's see. <laughs> I beat him. <laughs> His t- terrible lineup was Drew Brees, Derek Henry, oh. Christian McCaffrey. That, that guy stinks. You didn't Al- win. Alshon yeah, Jeffrey. Lucky. I played against Drew Brees and Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> And I won. Sorry, uh, S. Wolf. Good from 43. You you suck. All right. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so it's a, it's an interesting wow. waiver wire show, guys, uh, because usually I like to start with who to add and who to drop. But because we had these high-profile injuries, I think we should probably start there. So let's get your reactions first to the Steelers situation. Ben Roethlisberger out for the season with an elbow injury. Mason Rudolph was a third-round pick. Chris Trapasso is someone who does uh, NFL draft work for us on CBSSports.com. I was reading his story about Rudolph yesterday. He said he had Rudolph as his number one quarterback a couple years ago when he got drafted. And his number number 10 overall player. He really likes Mason Rudolph. Great pocket presence. The reason why he fell to the third round, he does not have a great arm. Um, But, uh, yeah, what is your reaction? Is that important for a quarterback? (laughs) Well, he, yes, he's a no. great quarterback. He's the number one guy. He just doesn't have a great arm. Hey, that's that's completely that's fair. A lot of great quarterbacks don't have great arms. It's not saying he has a crappy well, arm. Are we sure there was nobody else in the draft class that had a better it doesn't, arm? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Bottom line I'm is, just saying he he's not a nothing. Pro, he's not a nothing prospect. He's a better prospect than say Gardner Minshew. Um, sure. So yeah, tell me how you feel about the Steelers guys going forward. I mean, there's it's a downgrade. You know, that's the obvious thing. Uh, you're still starting James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's a blow to their fantasy outlook rest of year, uh, at least going into week three. You know, we'll see if that changes based on how Mason Rudolph operates, but uh, I think it's a win for James Washington um, because of the rapport that those two guys have and have showed in the preseason. So, you know, he should immediately play over Dante Mockery and probably should no matter who the quarterback is. But I think that's something that the Steelers should probably look into. Um, yeah, you know, I, I again, I, I think it's, you know, you're, you're still going to start Connor and, and Smith-Schuster uh, until proven otherwise, as, as again, as long as uh, Connor is healthy. Um, and McDonald is going to be a borderline number one tenant. I think Rudolph is good enough to manage the game plan. Uh, I did not like his deep ball throwing on Sunday against the Seahawks. He was off target. He made some bad decisions. But everything inside of 15 yards was good. I loved the touchdown to Vance McDonald where it's like he knew that he was there as like a safety valve option. And right when when the Seahawks were crowding on Rudolph, he sidearms it to McDonald. 
and he hustles in for the score. He had a second touchdown as well. That was good. We know that he's got the good timing with James Washington. I, they've already benched Dante Moncrief. I'd like to think that Washington's going to get a chance, but in the game, Washington did not act as the second or third receiver after Moncrief got benched. They had Deontay Johnson playing more. They had Ryan Switzer playing in the slot more. I'm thinking that change is moving forward, so James Washington is somebody to keep an eye on. And look, if you lost Big Ben and and you can't get your hands on Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, you don't want to stomach it with Andy Dalton, but spoiler, you probably should, then Rudolph is somebody that you can consider. I think he can have a couple of weeks this season where he's got 250 and two, but most weeks I'm going to guess he's got 250 and one. And like Jamie said, it's, it's a downgrade to Juju and Connor. Got an email from Caleb. I've got Juju in my league. I've been offered Tyrell Williams straight up. Should I trade Juju Smith-Schuster no. to get Tyrell Williams? No. No, but if it's Tyrell and something else that you can consider a starter, then that's a, a potential yep. trade you want to explore. Tyrell, by the way, has a hit pointer, and they're at Minnesota this week, so this might not be a great week to trade for Tyrell Williams. But I, I said yesterday with Will Brinson, uh, and, and by the way, uh, we will get to the waiver wire. We will get to it very shortly, um, but we have to talk about this. So I'm not sure if uh, you listeners are aware of this, but I do time codes in the descriptions of the episode. So if you want to skip around, uh, I will. I put you know fairly detailed time codes, not of everything we talk about, but just check out the episode description and I'll let you know when we talk about different subjects like the waiver wire. Uh, but I said uh, Juju Smith-Schuster would be like a third-round pick for me. Uh, is that where, What do you guys think if you were drafting again today? I when think that's you, fair. And when would you take Connor, too? Because, you know, we have to talk about him. He's Maybe in the same spot because, yeah, he's not off to the best start. Uh, no, but I, I think, you know, again, he's going to be the focal point of, uh, of the offense, and as long as he's healthy... I'd probably say early third. Yeah, it's fair. Okay. So how about the Saints? Drew Brees out approximately six weeks with a thumb injury. And I believe six weeks from now, seven weeks from now, they have their bye. So, you know, it could be like he misses six games, then they have their bye, and you get Drew Brees in eight weeks. Could be something like that. Uh, I I really don't like their schedule over the next six weeks. No. So what's the impact here well, quick waiver wire thing. Who do you like better? Two quarterback leagues. Look, I'm the Breeze owner. Should I be going after Mason Rudolph, Rudolph. or Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. Rudolph? You're going Rudolph. after Rudolph. Why? And I think I might put Daniel Jones ahead of Bridgewater. Why? Because I think he's eventually going to be the starter no, no, in New I, York. Why Rudolph over Bridgewater? Oh, because I think he's got a shot at getting better numbers. Well, there, there's longevity, first off. You're going to get him for the rest of the season as opposed to... Bridgewater, but I also think you're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill too. You know, so mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those situations where Sean Payton gets creative, and you know he he likes Taysom Hill a lot, and you know he'll throw the ball well in, in the preseason if you want to buy into that. So I I could see it being uh, a, almost a two quarterback team for the Saints. Okay, uh, for for the uh, Saints going forward, it's at Seattle, then Dallas, then Tampa Bay, at Jacksonville, at Chicago, Arizona, and then a bye, and then hopefully Breeze. Uh, maybe even before that, who knows? Okay, so anyway, same question I asked you about Connor and Juju. When would you take Kamara and Michael Thomas if you were drafting today? I'd still feel okay taking Kamara in round one, but it would be toward the back end of round one, early round two. And in a PPR league, I'm okay with Michael Thomas in round two because I think he's going to... This is what's in his favor is that he's going to continue to get a ton of targets. He's already up to 20 catches on the season. And they're not going to be downfield bombs, but they weren't necessarily going to be downfield bombs anyway from Drew Brees. Plus, Drew Brees is going to eventually come back, and I think that that'll perk up Thomas's value even more. So I'm I'm kind of okay with those Saints guys as late first, second round picks. Yeah, I would say they're they're by low candidates because people might be panicked on what the long term outlook is. If you if you got off to a two zero start and you think you can get Michael Thomas, because you're probably going to have to still spend to get Alvin Kamara, but if you can get Michael Thomas relatively cheap. Given what his uh, his performance was, look, ten for eighty nine is uh, is clearly still a good day in PPR, and I I don't anticipate him falling off completely with whoever the quarterback situation is there. Uh, we had a fun discussion on on FFT yesterday on on CBS Sports HQ, where Will Brinson was on the show, and he said that he would rather have Michael Thomas than Todd Gurley right now, and yeah, I thought that crazy. was a, a a fun discussion of um, I mean, look in PPR, it's close, and and I posted a poll, and 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 the uh, Voting was in favor of Thomas, though, you know, because people are concerned yep. 
about what Todd Gurley's long-term value is. You know, it's probably a different conversation with Juju again because, you know, Ben is done for the season. But, um, you know, at some point, the hope is that Drew Brees comes back. I wouldn't be surprised also if we find out that the Saints place Brees on short-term IR, you know, which would lock him out for eight weeks. Eight weeks or eight games? Eight it's games. weeks. It's games? Okay. Because, you know, with eight that games. buy in there, it's not that much different uh, if right. it were eight weeks. Uh, yeah, all right. He would have to miss games after the bye I, if they lock him into IR. I think Will is crazy for saying he'd take Gurley over, he'd take Juju over Gurley, but not so much Thomas over Gurley. All right, so I think it's really close with Juju and Gurley. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous. I mean, I, I went back. I kind of looked at some high profile quarterback injuries, and I think you could be somewhat encouraged. I mean, like like 2017, we had Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson both miss a lot of time. When Deshaun Watson missed nine games, DeAndre Hopkins was amazing. In the games that he mi- in that Hopkins uh, that Watson missed, Hopkins was on pace for 102 catches, 102 catches, 1,544 yards, and 12 touchdowns without Watson. Uh, and we've seen, you know, we've seen him be able to put up big numbers with bad quarterbacks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers missed nine games in 2017. Devontae Adams was on pace for 92 catches, nearly 1,100 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Jordy Nelson, on the other hand. He was awful. He was on pace for less than 500 yards. He didn't catch a touchdown without Aaron Rodgers. Before Rodgers' injury, he caught uh, six touchdowns in four games. Technically five, but he got hurt almost immediately in one of them. So it'll impact different receivers different ways. It's, it's hard to know. When I gave out the stat about Antonio Brown on yesterday's show, Antonio Brown without Ben Roethlisberger, the first three games he played without him in 2015, he had less than 50 yards. But Michael Vick was the quarterback, and he wasn't throwing very, very. He wasn't throwing a lot, and he wasn't throwing for a lot of yards. Landry Jones took over, and Antonio Brown had a hundred-yard game. Then the following year, Landry Jones played again, one game uh, without Roethlisberger with Brown, seven catches, one hundred six yards. So the quality of the quarterback is going to really matter here. Let's go through the rest of the notes quickly. Uh, James Conner believes he'll be able to play this week. So, am I going to waste uh, my waiver claim on Jalen Samuels here, or is this going to be another Geo situation? Who says it's going to be a waste? If you've got James Conner... If I don't have James have Conner, his, his what, if, what if I don't? Well, then it, you're not going to get uh, Jalen Samuels. As the not, yeah, I think it's worth still picking him up, just depending on, A, what you want to spend of your fab budget, and B, where you are on waivers. You know, So he's not going to be the priority ad, but you know, yes, we had the situation last week where you picked up Geo and Mixon played, and Geo was irrelevant, but... You know, there's there's still the potential of he goes into practice on Wednesday and the knee is not right. You know, we're we're not getting, you know, Mike Tomlin was definitive in his statement about Ben Roethlisberger that he's having surgery. You know, we haven't heard Tomlin say yes or no in terms of Connor playing. So, I think it's still this is this is the tricky part about the NFL practicing on Wednesday and you running your waivers on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the the gamble you have to make. So I I mean he's still the number one running back to add. You can make a case that maybe Darwin Thompson over him because there's two injuries in, in the Chiefs' backfield. But um, if he were to be the starter for Pittsburgh, quarterback change or not, you're starting James. You're starting Jalen Samuels this week. Okay, so Lashawn McCoy is having an MRI on his ankle. He actually had the MRI. No major damage for McCoy. Haven't seen anything on Damian Williams. What's your expectation right now for the Chiefs' running backs? I figure at least one of them will play on Sunday. It was a knee contusion for Damon Williams. So that's just a fancy word for bruise. So if he can practice one or two days this week, he'll be in there. And LeSean McCoy has a chance to play. So Darwin Thompson would not be a priority for me off of the waiver wire. He, neither would Jalen Samuels unless I, unless I had the running backs in front of them. Then I would. But if I don't, I'd rather go get Raheem Mostert and I'd probably even rather have Frank Gore which I'm saying with as much enthusiasm as I possibly can for Frank Gore at uh, 46 years old. No, I mean, look, if Devin Singletary's out, Frank Gore could get 20 carries. Huge like, workload. Again. Yeah, against Cincinnati. Against Cincinnati. Right. He could easily score. Yeah. I yeah. know, it's weird. Yeah. He's he's, he's going to be a, somewhat of a priority for me. Ugh. I don't know about that. We'll I know, see. I know, we'll I know. It's gross, but we'll, 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 we'll deal with it for yeah. one week. Uh, Michael Gallup is out two to four weeks with a meniscus injury. Devin Smith is going to have an expanded role. Randall Cobb, they're playing the Dolphins this week, so these guys could be in play. Uh, so we mentioned Devin Singletary. He's day-to-day. Josh Jacobs has a groin issue. Tyrell Williams has a hip pointer. Do we know anything about those guys, Singletary, Jacobs, and Tyrell? Nothing yet. Um, Singletary is you know, probably the one you got to worry about, just given the 
the nature of his injury. It sounds as if the Raiders guys should be fine, but you know, I'm sure they're going to be cautious with them. Uh, you know, Jalen Richard is somebody you can look at just to, you know, make sure you're covered there. Or DeAndre Washington. Yeah, it'd probably, we've it seen, probably we've be seen them Washington. split. We've seen them split. It's been so unpredictable in the past when they both have had. Yeah, Washington's the one who's been filling in for Jacobs so far. Yeah, I would just anticipate game flow that I'd want to. I'd rather have Jalen Richard by leaps and bounds over Washington. And hey, they're at Minnesota, so you probably you know are not looking at a great situation in terms of points for Oakland. Uh, David Njoku concussion last night, so that's fresh, and we don't know this, the extent of it, but hopefully he's out soon. He left almost immediately. It was ugly. Uh, yeah. And he's hopefully he's back soon. And uh, Philadelphia, of course, down two wide receivers, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Alshon not looking great for this week. It, you know, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you about the top priorities in a second. But I, for me, Nelson Aguilar is pretty interesting. I know he's up there fairly high on the wide receiver priority list. The Steelers acquired Minka Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins for a first-round pick. Tanking is alive and well in the NFL. The Dolphins are doing it expertly. They now have three first-round picks and two second-round picks in 2020. In 2021, the Dolphins have two first and two second. That is amazing. That is five first-round picks and four second-round picks. Who who knows who else they're going to trade uh, before the year? No, they're they're kind of running out of assets. I, I, I mean, so. Davian Howard and. Maybe Rashad Jones and and maybe uh, Kenyon Drake, but they're not getting a first-round pick for the latter two. And Pat Shermer did not commit to Eli Manning. Uh, They are at Tampa Bay this week. You know what that means, Adam. I don't want to see him unless Sterling Shepard is playing. So I don't want to see Oh, please. You'll see him whether Sterling Shepard's out there or not. Uh, don't throw him out there if Sterling Shepard's not playing. I mean, it's it's a junior varsity. Really? That's form. what's going to stop you from yeah, being excited about the future taking the field? He's set up to fail. He's set up to fail. Set up to fail because of Sterling Shepard not being there? Yes. Are you kidding me? Like, their receiving core is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, you don't want to put a rookie in that horrible situation. Come on, man. Benny Fowler's a good player. He can turn Benny Fowler into a non-fumbling superstar. <laughs> I am sure of it. Hey, are you going to start Daniel Jones in your fan duel lineup, guys? Uh, against Tampa Bay, maybe. Well, I'm, I'm more likely to start Jameis Winston at a very discounted rate. But fantasy football season is here, and there are more ways to win than ever because FanDuel has more ways to win cash prizes and once-in-a-lifetime experiences during every single game, every single week. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to be playing FanDuel every week. I, I promise you I'm working on getting us into a FanDuel contest for our listeners. But yeah, I just I love it. Look, this is a great week. It, Dak Prescott's the third most expensive quarterback on FanDuel. He might be worth it. He really might be. Uh, but I love Cam Newton, a little bit cheaper than that against Arizona. I love Jameis Winston. These are guys you take a shot on. You make a little Buccaneers stack. Maybe you throw Peyton Barber in there. I mean, he's got an opportunity to score. And uh, even the Bucks DST, I think, could be in play on FanDuel. And this is how you could win a lot of money. So it, it's just it's different than your seasonal leagues. You can get players on your team that you don't have. You wish you had Todd Gurley. You wish you had Saquon Barkley, whatever. Get them in your FanDuel lineup. You can make amazing teams. So I have a lot of fun. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. You're going to make your first deposit of $20. And you're going to get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. So you deposit 20 bucks, You get 20 bucks in credit. $5 per week for four weeks. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. All right, let's get into the waiver wire now with the Tullamore Dew additions here. So it is game time, Tully time, the top additions presented by Tullamore Dew. Regardless of position, Jamie, who are the guys we're really targeting on the waiver wire this week? I would pick up Josh Allen for two reasons. One, I think he's been playing very well for the first two weeks, but he's also a potential trade chip for you if you want to try and take him from somebody else if you're not in need of anything. So he would be the first guy that I would look at in terms of just trying to be a little bit creative and sort of um, managing your roster and maybe helping take something else off somebody else's roster. Uh, Greg Olson for sure. You know, you're looking at a tight end that is healthy and playing very well. And then pick your favorite Chiefs receiver. Um, Demarcus Robinson seems to be the one you should go for first, although he would have also had two touchdowns along with Michael Hardman, who had one called back due to penalty. But um, it's basically like I think the three of us can line up and play receiver for the Chiefs right now and we'd be productive. No chance. Um, it's uh, it's just such a, a, a creative and fun offense the way that they're doing things. 
So I would lean slightly toward Robinson, but Hardman's right there. It's a prerequisite that you have to be fast in order to work in that offense, and I might be the slowest human being alive. So I don't know. I believe I buy that. I would do in that offense. I buy, yeah, I, I seriously I don't think like the slowest human being. There are stones that are faster than me, Jamie. <laughs> um, I, I like Olson the best of the group for the exact same reasons why Jamie likes Josh Allen. I think he could be the trade chip if you're set at tight end. And if you're not set at tight end, you can go and get Greg Olson. And now you're set at tight end because it looks like he's going to be a consistent fantasy contributor. Old men rule, I guess. Uh, and then Demarcus Robinson is my favorite Chiefs receiver as well. Um, not only did he have speed in that game uh, against Oakland, but he also made some contested catches. His his 39-yard touchdown was a contested catch, and that's just something that I think gives him an advantage over McCole Hardman, and I I could see him continuing to contribute. It's going to be hard for defenses just to contain this offense, and then they're going to get Tyreek Hill back in a couple of weeks. Goodness gravy, that's going to be good. I, I mean, definitely Olsen's going to be a big priority for me. And I just, I don't know how consistent he's going to be, but you have to pick him up. He's a tight end. He's 51% owned. He's had nine targets, two straight games, but Cam Newton threw 51 passes in week two. I brought this up on HQ. I don't think I brought this up on the podcast. I, I came away from that Carolina game last week, the Thursday night game, almost discouraged about the receivers because they have a good, between McCaffrey, Olsen, and the two starting wide receivers, they have four good options. Cam Newton's never thrown for 4,000 yards. So I just don't know how, how these guys are going to be consistent. I think it's going to be a little frustrating week to week. What do you think? It's going to be safer in PPR across the board. But I think with Greg Olson, you're only going to look for 70 yards or a touchdown. And that's, you know, that's the basis that I use for tight ends. been talking about those numbers for a while now. And I think, he can, I think he's got a good chance to do that every week, no matter who they're playing against. It just so happens this week they're playing against Arizona, mm-hmm. and they've been struggling with tight ends so far this season. So to me, it's a no-brainer that he's going to continue to play well. And and I think that the defense for Carolina, especially the front seven, has underwhelmed a little bit. And I think that's forced the Carolina offense to just continue to to push the ball down the field, to lean on Cam a little bit more. If they didn't want to do it, they wouldn't have had him throw 51 times last week. I'm not saying it's a great move because Cam, everybody saw it. A lot of inaccurate throws. But those short area targets, and he, he seems to gel well with Olsen the best. So I'm yeah. I'm confident in Olsen keeping his value. Um, Samuel's the one that I'm the most worried about, and he just had a very good game. So yeah, that would be the one. I, if I had to rank those receivers, and I'm throwing McCaffrey out because you know where he'd rank, it would be Olsen, Moore, Samuel. Okay, so Jamie said Josh Allen and the Kansas City wide receivers. Dave, you said Greg Olsen. I'm sorry, I missed the others. Demarcus Robinson would be second for me. Yeah, I said Olsen also. Oh, you said, okay. Right, right. but oh, I would if, if I didn't need anything, Olsen would be the first guy I would go after if he's there. Okay, uh, yeah, by the way, the Cardinals, that's Greg Olsen's opponent. They've, they allowed the fewest fantasy points to tight ends in 2018, and by far the most so far in 2019. Mm-hmm. They have allowed almost double the amount of fantasy points per game to tight ends. They've given up 100 yards and a touchdown to a tight end two straight weeks. Unbelievable. Um, Terry McLaurin, I just want to mention this stat. He has the second most targets inside the 10-yard line in football. I think it's only three, but that's still a lot in two games. Larry Fitzgerald's number one, <laughs> and uh, McLaurin is number two for targets inside the 10. So if that's his role, that's pretty impressive. And he's somebody that's... That's just part of his role. That's right, just part he, of his role. If he I has mean. that role for Washington, I mean, that if that's the right, guy they're sure. looking at there, that's great. Um, for me, I, a lot of the guys that I'm going to want to pick up might be owned in more than 65% of leagues. Jimmy Garoppolo, I might consider this week. Uh, Peyton Barber. Um, Carlos Hyde is 73% owned. Chris Thompson is 72% owned, only in PPR. Royce Freeman, 70% owned. Justin Jackson, 65% owned. So, you know, those are, those are options. If you miss the Monday show and you're thinking about the 49ers running backs, you should know that in the first half, Brita really did get most of the carries, and specifically Jeff Wilson didn't get the carries until the fourth quarter. Uh, I mentioned that on Monday. All right, so those are our top priorities. Greg Olson, Chiefs wide receivers, Josh Allen. Um, Let's go through it position by position. Uh, Jamie, give me your top three waiver wire quarterbacks. Obviously, Josh Allen on there. Who else? Uh, Stafford and, and Dalton. I think Dalton is probably a little bit better long-term. Stafford better for this week. You know, Dalton's put up, you know, good fantasy production each of the first two games, 22 more points in both those outings without A.J. Green. 
And so, you know, Green hopefully back, uh, I'll, I'll say by week four is, is kind of the expectation. So you put Green in this offense with what John Ross has done and obviously Tyler Boyd, and it could be uh, it could be fun to see what Zach Taylor does when he has his full complement of weapons to help Dalton play. Uh, defense is going to be bad, so he's going to have the opportunity, I think, to be throwing quite a bit. Um, and then Stafford, I think you just look at, uh, you know, last week was a down game clearly for Hawkinson and, and Amendola, but having, you know, the four weapons that he has, or five, I guess, you know, when you factor in carry on Johnson, you know, with Galladay and, and Marvin Jones, um, a healthy Stafford will be good enough to get you, you know, 18 to 22 points, I think, on a, on a week-to-week basis. So, you know, these are, are low-end starting option options at quarterback that, uh, you know, can can get you by if you're the Breeze or the, or the Roethlisberger owner until you kind of figure out what your long-term solution is, whether it's via trade or somebody else becoming available on waivers in your league. Are you getting away from Dalton this week, though, at Buffalo? Not yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like Stafford better this, this week. week. Okay. Uh, I believe, though, Dal- Dalton in week three and week, week four and week five has good matchups. Uh, uh, just week Pittsburgh. four. Oh, yeah, you're week right. Week four right. is at Pittsburgh, which is no longer a good matchup if Minka Fitzpatrick is. Well, we'll see how long he gets until he gets worked in, and I, I don't think it's a horrible matchup, to be honest with you. I think he'll still be able to get you in the 18 to 22-point range. Week five, home against Arizona. Yeah. That qualifies as a good matchup. Right, and uh, and it's worth mentioning that Jacoby Brissett is fourth for Jamie, and he's 26% owned. He's not throwing a lot. 25 pass attempts, uh, no, 27 pass attempts, 28 pass attempts, pass attempts in two games. Yeah. But Brissett's schedule's great. Atlanta, you it know really what? Is, Jer- yeah. Jury's still out on Atlanta's pass defense, but looks good. Uh, Oakland at Kansas City, those are his next three games, then a bye. So just want to throw that name in there as well. Okay, running back. Dave, top priorities at running back this week. The number one guy for me is Raheem Mostert as as the part part B, I guess, of their of their run game behind Brita. I know Jeff Wilson had a great game, but he mostly played in the fourth quarter of a blowout win for the Niners. I think Mostert really showed that he can contribute in a major way. And they're gonna mix and match Brita and Mostert until Tevin Coleman comes back. And then I don't know what's gonna happen after that. So as a short term fix, I think you can start Mostert maybe as high as a low end number two running back, certainly as a flex especially if you're just hating what you've got at running back. I don't know what people have, but he's somebody that you can go after. Frank Gore would be right behind him. Both those guys available in over 70% of CBS Sports Leagues. And the whole play with Frank Gore is that he could be the lead guy for Buffalo with Devin Singletary out against Cincinnati's run defense. They just saw Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Matt Breida, Roger Craig, and all the 49ers (laughs) run rough shot over them. Darwin Thompson would be third best for me, but he's half owned already in CBS leagues. And there's a chance that he could be right back on third string for the chiefs with Darwin, uh, not Darwin, yeah. Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy, um, healthy for Kansas city in their week three matchup. Yeah. And also for what it's worth, I mean, the chiefs don't really care about your defense, <laughs> but Baltimore is so far allowing 1.56 yards per carry to running backs against the dolphins and the Cardinals. And they were right. great against running backs last year. They have not really been challenged yet. I well, say. I mean, I think what they, you know, David Johnson had like 17 rushing yards. So just. He had seven carries. Yeah, right. He still was terrible. He was, but okay. Fair enough. Um, let me talk about, talk about a couple things I want to promote. Then we'll get to wide receivers. We've got the iTunes mailbag. Please give us a five-star review. Ask us a question. We'll compile some. We'll read them on the Wednesday show and the Saturday show. We have got a, oh yeah, oh it's time. We've got t-shirts. We got swag, baby. Fantasy Football Today t-shirts. If you want to win them, join our Facebook group. Go to Facebook and uh, just search for Fantasy Football Today. Come join the fun. You know, it's actually a really good group because if you have some starter sit questions, you can ask them and the, the group, the community, the listeners will help you out. Trade questions, whatever. It's great stuff. It's uh, it's moderated and managed by our producer, Ben Schrager. He's doing a great job. But right now, um, the funniest team name, uh, that we have a team name contest for week one. We're going to pick them. But submit a team name on Facebook. You'll see the thread. And the best one wins a T-shirt. We're going to do a contest every week. Also, check out CBS Sports HQ on your connected device, Roku, Apple TV, whatever it is. Watch HQ. It's all free. It's 24-7 sports coverage. And if you miss our fantasy football today show at noon Eastern on HQ, you can see uh, you can see it later if you log on. All right, wide receivers, Jamie. Who are the top wide receiver priorities? Well, it's the two Chiefs guys. You know, I, I think you look at uh, you know again as long as Tyreek Hill is out, you're going to get both guys playing enough, getting enough targets, 
from the best quarterback in the NFL and the best play caller in the NFL uh, that you can, you know, Robinson should be first, but Hardman's, you know, not far behind him. And then I think the third guy is interesting because if you have the injury situations to the Eagles, then it's an easy call to take Nelson Aguilar third. But Terry McLaurin has played really well. It's hard to overlook what his role will be moving forward. Um, don't like the matchup for him this week at all uh, at home against Chicago. I think it's going to be a tough situation for the entire Washington offense. That's probably a no-brainer. But um, Aguilar in the interim with the injuries to the Eagles would have the better short-term appeal. Okay, Aguilar had 11 targets, 8 catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. He also dropped what probably would have been the game-winning touchdown, or was it a tying touchdown? Uh, whatever it was, that was brutal. That was a, actually ended up being a very fun game. Aguilar mm-hmm. has Detroit this week. We are going to talk later about D- DJ Chark, Debo Samuel, the Cowboys guys. Pretty, I'm pretty interested. Somebody's got to emerge in San Francisco, and it might be Debo Samuel's only 25% owned. Dave, tight end. Other than Greg Olson, who would you pick up? you got to go young at tight end, and that's why you go with Jason Witten. <laughs> well, that's not really the reason why you're going with Jason Witten. He scored a touchdown in each of his first two games. And who do the Cowboys play in week three? Anybody know their schedule? Anybody see it yet? Well, it's on the screen if, if you're watching the podcast. It's Miami. It's a bad defense. Michael Gallup isn't going to play. Could Witten be second on the team in targets? Probably not. Could he score a touchdown again? Probably. So I, I think he's a top 12 tight end this week. You can plug him off the waiver wire, stick him right in your lineup, and, and hope for him to find the end zone again. That would be the second best tight end for me, ahead of guys like Will Disley, Tyler Eifert, and uh, the rest of the crew who you're crossing your fingers and hoping they find the end zone. Yeah, I'd still take Vernon Davis and Will Disley over them, over Witten, just because we we kind of fell into this trap with the Dolphins on week two, where the Patriots didn't have to do very much offensively and still put up 43 points. I mean, Miami's going to have a lot of those games, so I don't I don't know if Witten's going to be um, a heavily targeted guy. Could score. Could have the Antonio Brown game where you get lucky with the touchdown. So if you want to buy into that, go ahead. Yeah, but and then I think you see why Greg Olson is a priority. Because after Olson, you're Will Disley. Yeah, he had two touchdowns last week. Jason Witten, it's not as appealing. Uh, DSTs. So first of all, how high are you on the Cowboys DST? They The Patriots DST like won me like three weeks. So I love them. But uh, yeah. three games. Three, games this past They're number week. one. Yeah, they haven't been very good against the Giants and the Redskins. They're they playing Miami. Sacks. All right, I know. Okay, so they're 81% Don't on. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. All right, they're, they're 81% Miami. on. Honestly, if your team is good and the Cowboys are there, don't be afraid to make them your number one waiver wire, pro- waiver wire priority. You got to win weeks, and they... Mm-hmm. I, hey... That's why I said the same exact thing about the Patriots. They scored like 50 fantasy points, depending you on also, who you also, you also scolded us for not having the Bears number one when we had the Patriots number one. At least uh, you said, I know I had the Patriots number one. I, I don't know if I scolded um, you, but yes, I did say you did. the, Bears, you guys, you, the you, Bears should be number one. I felt one. shame. <laughs> okay, but I'm saying like the Cowboys could win you a week. They absolutely could against the Dolphins. Of course they can. Who else? What other DSTs? Uh, the Packers. I think the matchup against the Broncos in their building is is a favorable one. So I would look at uh, Denver's defense if they're available. Or excuse me, Green, Green Bay's base. defense if they're available. Don't go only with Denver. Thirty nine. <laughs> no, only thirty nine percent on uh, Seattle against Mason Rudolph. You know, having to. Uh, um, Mason Rudolph is against the Niners. Excuse me, uh, against uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Having them in their building, I think, is a good situation. You know, back to back road games for the Saints, and and I think that's a good spot for them. And then the Titans' uh, short week against Gardner Minshew. We'll see how that goes for him. Um, but the Titans defense, they always usually push around Jacksonville because they're the more physical team and a team that tries to be physical. I was not impressed by the Jacksonville offensive line against Houston. Granted, it's Houston, so I see where you're coming from on that one. Surprised you're not loving the 49ers, DST. Their first home game after being on the road for two weeks, taking on Rudolph. They're, they're, they'd be the fourth one, but I only usually list three. Yeah, I mean, I, these are good options. The Packers have actually been very good. Two big games in a row. Now mm-hmm. they get Denver at home. The Seahawks against the Saints. The Titans have eight sacks and four interceptions in two games, and they're at Jacksonville on Thursday. Dallas, of course, is Miami. And San Francisco against Pittsburgh. Uh, they've got seven sacks in two games. They had three picks and two touchdowns. So they, they've been great at Tampa Bay. They were good at Cincinnati. Now they're coming home to face Pittsburgh, who's making a cross-country trip with a backup quarterback. Yeah, these are good. Last week, I hated the options at DST, which is part of the reason why I said 
New England's DST could be your number one priority. This week, they are a lot better, it seems. Uh, kickers, Joey Sly, Mason Crosby, Jason Myers. Take a look at them. And Dave, do you have any IDPs? I, I usually give you a heads up on that. No. I forgot. Okay. I, not right now, I don't. If you really want me to go take a look, I will, but... Off the top of my head, I got nothing no, for you, man. There's one guy that I have in the IDP league, a defensive back, that's had like two big games in a row. I will look it up for you all. Um, we're going to talk about Cleveland. Keep an eye on uh, one one big injury for the defense. It could help Devontae Freeman, which didn't really help him last week when the Eagles guys are missing. But Darius Leonard's in the concussion protocol. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, when was the last time you really slept great? I'm sure the answer was before football season. But May. yeah, we all try anything to sleep better. But you know, it might just be your mattress. You might just need a new mattress. Get the quality sleep you deserve, and I recommend the Sleep Number Bed because this is amazing. Well, first of all, I'm gonna tell you about the price. But you can basically get a Sleep Number mattress where half the bed is exactly what your spouse wants, and half the bed is exactly what you want. But right now, the Sleep Number at Sleep Number stores. They're having the biggest sale of the year. All beds are on sale. Queen mattresses start at $899. For a mattress, queen mattress, $899. That's great. So do you wish your mattress was firmer or softer? That's what the sleep number bed is famous for. You can adjust each side so it's just right for both of you. And the bed, uh, it, it holds up and keeps you asleep. The sleep number 360 smart bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts so you're effortlessly comfortable all night. So come on in during the biggest sale of the year at Sleep Number. And for a limited time, save 50% on a Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. So find the nearest one at sleepnumber.com slash FFT. That is sleepnumber.com slash FFT. Uh, quick thoughts on the Jets and the... Browns, 23-3 Cleveland wins. They outgained the Jets 101-4 to in the first quarter. <laughs> wow. Uh, a thought that crossed my mind was, is this a sell-high window for Odell Beckham, who made an outstanding, he made multiple outstanding plays. It's the type of thing that makes him Odell Beckham. But Baker Mayfield kind of isn't coming through like I thought he would. He's missing throws a little bit more yeah. than a quarterback of his caliber should. And I, I wonder if this is going to be as good as it gets for OBJ over the course of the season against what was a very, very good matchup. So if if you've got Odell Beckham, but you feel like your team's incomplete, I wonder what you could get in trade for him and maybe get a couple of good starters, maybe let somebody else overvalue him, and, and you just go ahead and, and go in a different but why, direction. Why is he team. overvalued? Why is he not... You know, late first round. I, I'm just saying, kind of guy. no, no, no. If we were drafting right now, that's probably right where he'd go. How many games this year is he going to get 161 and one, Adam? But that, I mean, that's but nobody's going to be who's going to be like, oh, he's missed 16 throws. He just got 161 and one. I'm going to give you Saquon Barkley for him. Like he's his value is still the same. No, you're he's not still a get stud. That. I, I don't I just, think you'll get that. He's still a stud, right? I mean, Could how how sure. do you value him? How do you value him? He's still a top five receiver in terms of the trade chart, for example. Right. I'm not going to lower his number after a game like this. But if someone's panicking on Alvin Kamara, I'll take Kamara over Odell right now. If someone's panicking on Michael Thomas, I'll take Thomas and Whoa. something. Okay, and something. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't do it straight up. Same yeah. thing with Juju. I wouldn't do Juju straight up for Odell. That would be blasphemous. But if I can get a good running back or a good tight end, something that helps solidify my lineup, it, it'll look like a downgrade today. But I'm not sure if it's going to look like that big of a downgrade as the season wears on. If someone overvalues OBJ, you might want to consider it. Yeah, my only concern with o Odell would be injury, if that's why you're getting rid of him. Because I think his production, you, you saw the floor last week, 7 for 79, I think it was. Um, I think that's something that he'll do week to week. Yes, Baker absolutely did not play well given the opponent um, was on the road and got a tough week three schedule, a th tough three th week three matchup against the Rams. Um, but I think as long as Beckham's healthy, he's going to produce like a top five receiver. But if you're if you're selling him, you're only selling him because of the potential injury risk. Because we've seen Odell put up awesome numbers with inconsistent struggling quarterback for every year of his career prior to this year. 
And I think he'll still be fine if Baker is going to be like this. Quick questions. Now, quick questions. Let, hold on. I got to get to the waiver wire. So quick questions here. Uh, Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson rest of season? Oh, Jackson. Lamar. Okay. Baker Mayfield or Cam Newton rest of season? I think. I think. Um, four points for passing touchdowns is easy. I think Cam will start to run a little more. So I'll take Cam. Um, I'll take Mayfield. Both formats. I'll okay. take Baker and six points. Cam and four. Nick Chubb or Le'Veon Bell, rest of season. Uh, you gotta say Bell right now. Yeah. Well, you know Chubb. Look, I think neither guy is running all that well so far. But Chubb has seven catches, which is nice. But Bell has sixteen, <laughs> which is nicer through two games. Um, he would be a top five receiver based on receptions. They're both uh, very heavily involved, and it's good to see. And Chubb did score. Is Jarvis Landry? I was, I was actually disappointed with Chubb last night. Yeah, given, I was expecting like given no Mosley yeah. and no Williams, I yeah. thought you know he'd be he'd be better. The yeah. offensive line for Cleveland is not playing very well. No, and and the Jets D line did acquit itself well without Quinn and Williams there. So uh, is Jarvis Landry droppable? Yes. Okay. Is Robbie Anderson are Robbie Anderson or Jamison Crowder droppable? I know Anderson just had a good game, but are they droppable? I think in smaller leagues you can probably get away with it. No. No, I mean, if if it's Falk for the next few weeks, I really don't want these guys. Right. And we're talking about guys like DeMarcus Robinson, Hardman, Chark, I mean, um, McLaurin. Actually played well last night, especially that he was thrown to him with Denzel Ward covering. He played well, and Jamison Crowder had four catches for 40 yards. So Yeah, I mean, it, 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 if there's guys on, on waivers that you want, then they're going to be near the bottom of the list, but... I don't think in a vacuum you should say drop them. If you see them on your waiver wire, are you racing to get Robbie Anderson or Jamison Crowder? Depends. In a in a 14-team league, absolutely. Right. That's a, that's a larger league. In a smaller league, eight teams, forget it. Let them go. Well, eight, yeah, eight teams, definitely not. Eight um, teams, that's easy, yes. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Football Today. When we come back, the drop-o-meter and uh, the waiver wire. we got to get into it a little bit more, give you some more names to target. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Okay, fellas, the drop-o-meter. I asked people on Twitter. First, I have a few names of my own. Zero to ten, how likely are you, are you to drop them? Cam Newton. Zero. Two. Jameis Winston. One. Zero. Yeah, one more week. One I, think more Winston, week. I think Winston can actually turn things around. Uh, I'm, I'm, I might be a little more optimistic about Winston than Cam. O.J. Howard. Zero. One. Okay. Drew Brees. Got to give him the chance. Ten. Breeze is like an eight. Ronald Jones. Three. Four. Miles Sanders. Zero. Zero. These are zero from, these are from zero. Twitter, by the way. Not me. Uh Dante Pettis. Ten. Ten. Dee Westbrook. Four. Six. Justice Hill. Ten. Eleven. Latavius Murray. Zero. Hmm. Kenyon Drake. 10. 11. Uh, 17. Hi. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. To the well, waiver wire. Unless they trade him. I mean, that's that. if you're holding on to Kenyon Drake, you're hoping the Dolphins trade him somewhere where he gets some value. By the way, Team Name Tuesday. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a waller. And to the window, <laughs> to the waller. And I want to be a Waller shot caller. Thank you, Darren Waller. Uh, for Netflix and chill. For Netflix and chill. I like that. And three Minshew and a baby. Okay, now to the waiver wire. Quarterbacks. So Jimmy Garoppolo is 69% owned. And nice. he, he gets Pittsburgh, who has allowed 300 yards and three touchdown passes to Brady and Wilson. And they, those guys threw 35 and 36 passes. Uh, Garoppolo has has not even reached thirty passes. So I, how 
How do you compare him to like Josh Allen? If, if Jamie, if Josh Allen was your favorite quarterback and yet he's under 65% on, and then you saw Garoppolo out there too, where would you rank Garoppolo? Second. I'd rather have Allen. I'd rather have Garoppolo. If, I, if I'm doing it week to week, I'd rather have Garoppolo. There's much more upside with Allen based on his running that we've seen so far, 17 attempts through the first two weeks. And so um, I think you also have to build in the injury factor for Garoppolo too. So I think Garoppolo's a, a potential starter this week, but Allen's somebody that you can use potentially as a starter the rest of the way. I never asked this question, and I am sorry. I have to ask it now. How much fab are you spending on your favorite guys this week? Not much. No, not a big I don't think this week. is a break-the-bank type of week. Maybe I, for Olsen. I don't think you break the bank for Olsen, but he would be over 10%. I don't know if there's another guy that we've talked about who I would go over 10% on. I'm interested to see what you say about the running backs who are available in like 30% of leagues. But the other quarterbacks, in case you missed it, uh, Garoppolo and Allen, Dalton, but not necessarily this week. We like Stafford better this week. Jacoby Brissett, and then you got Mason Rudolph and Teddy Bridgewater. Any interest at all in Kirk Cousins at 73% owned against Oakland? No. No. Okay. Running I backs. think they could use the game to try and get him going and try and improve him, but he still might only attempt 16 passes. He's, he'll get to 20. I I feel like he'll get to 20, uh, but point taken. Running backs. Okay, so so this is, a big, this is a big thing right here, right? We've got Peyton Barber, Carlos Hyde, Chris Thompson, Royce Freeman, and Justin Jackson. They're all owned in too many leagues to meet the, you know, the waiver wire threshold that we use, which is less than 65% of leagues. But they're all owned between 65 and 75%. So Peyton Barber, Carlos Hyde, Chris Thompson, Royce Freeman, Justin Jackson. Are any of these guys break the bank players? Nope. No. Can you imagine three weeks ago somebody telling you that Peyton Barber or Carlos Hyde might be a break the bank type of player? You'd, you'd laugh at them. You'd point at them. You'd call your friends and say, listen to what Adam just said. He's so stupid. Uh, I would say, though, they, they Thompson, well. Thompson and PPR is, is a, a must own because I right. think he's going to you know, continue to have a significant role. And then Freeman looked very good in week two and That's continues true. to you know perform better than Philip Lindsay just based on the eyeball test. And if they're going to keep using him in the passing game, that's going to be something you can you can lean on. Are any of them 10% of fab ad? Well, I, I mean, I would say that the two injury replacement options, it's a speculation, but if you get no James Conner or no Chiefs running backs, then Jalen Samuels and Darwin Thompson are worth more than 15%. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, if you're 0-2 and you're just screwed at running back, would you spend 10% of your budget on Peyton Barber? Um, in a matchup against the Giants, yeah. Yeah, Carlos Hyde gets the Chargers coming off a 20-carry game against Jacksonville. He had only 10 carries in Week 1. So, you know, game script's going to matter, obviously. Denzel Perryman, remember we talked about this with the Chargers. Denzel Perryman, maybe their most important player against the run, he played three snaps, so he's still just not healthy. I don't know what his role is going to be because he's not out, but he's barely playing for them. Okay, so then the other running backs, Jalen Samuels, Darwin Thompson. Dave talked a lot about Raheem Mostert. They have Pittsburgh Pittsburgh this week. Uh, Frank Gore, again, I mean, 19 carries at the Giants, 11 carries in week one, but they get the Bengals. If Devin Singletary's out, Frank Gore against the Bengals, if he gets 20 carries, like that could be a good game. And TJ Yeldon also on this be. list. But yeah. he's literally a one-week band-aid. Because I, I don't think you're going to feel good about going with Frank Gore against the Patriots in week four. And then he's at Tennessee in week five. And then a bye after that. At some point, Devin Singletary hopefully will be back by then. And I don't even Gore feel... will still share a little bit with TJ Yeldon yeah. throughout the entire time. I don't even feel that good about him if I knew he was getting 20 carries against the Bengals. Like, he's not good. but No. But it's something. Right, I mean, if you're desperate for running back, if if yes, we he, if we he, knew, he, yeah, go ahead. He would be better in non PPR than everybody of above the threshold, and the only guy that would be ahead of him in PPR would be Thompson. So you're saying if if Singletary were out, Frank Gore would be better than Peyton Barber, Carlos Hyde, Chris Thompson, yes. not in PPR for Thompson. I also okay. I also think nobody is chasing Frank Gore if they're set at running back, whether they have Singletary or not. Mm-hmm. Gore is really only going to get targeted off waivers and off the auction block by people who are just desperate for running back help now. That's it. So I don't know how much you need to really spend on him. He's another one I have a hard time seeing myself give 10% for. 
Jalen Richard's got a chance for a bigger role. DeAndre Washington as well, but they're at Minnesota. But they, they could be throwing, and, and you could get some catches from Richard. Jeff Wilson, like I said, most of his nine of his ten carries came in the fourth quarter. Um, TJ Yeldon filling in for Singletary potentially. Jamal Williams had 12 touches and a touchdown against Minnesota, and they get Denver this week. There, there's three guys I think that if you're just taking a long-term look at, it's Jamal Williams, Alexander Madison, and Edo Smith. Just given that they play behind injury-prone running backs, they're going to be in good offenses, and if something were to happen to the guy in front of them, then you could say they'd be starters. So if you want to just take a stash approach, I think those three guys all qualify. Edo might be at the top of the list because Freeman has not been very productive. No, he's been terrible. Smith has more fantasy points. That, line, that offensive line is a problem right now, too, for the Falcons. Uh, and Rex Burkhead, you know, I, he wasn't on the list. Jamie, I just want to throw him in there, 34% own. They could be nursing a big lead at home against the Jets. Maybe Rex Burkhead in a 14-team league has 10-touch potential. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they were also nursing a big lead on the road against Miami, and he barely played. Yeah, he had seven carries. It was weird because they got James White a touchdown, like, almost at the end of the game. Tom Brady played the entire South game. South Florida kid. South Florida kid. Tom Brady's not from open. South Florida. What are these coaches no, doing? Brady, Brady take, never comes out. That's a Brady thing. Take Baker Mayfield out. Take Tom Brady. Like take these guys out. The fact of the that game. that May- Mayfield threw a pass with a minute and a half left in the fourth quarter, and he had to like step over a defender and, and nearly got crushed on a third down play. I, I that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Hey, if you want to see uh, what we look like, you guys look very sharp today. I look kind of sloppy. Um, our entire show is available now on YouTube, or at least the video portion of it. Go to youtube.com slash fantasy football today and check it out. And that is it for the video portion. But in like half a second, we'll be back to finish the show. The audio portion, wide receivers, tight ends, DSDs, kickers, and I will get you that IDP name or a few of them. We'll be right back. Okay, wide receivers here. So two guys that are available. It, well, actually, I have a lot of guys that are available more than sixty-five percent of leagues, or that are owned in more than sixty-five percent of leagues. Pardon me. DK Metcalf is seventy-four percent owned. James Washington sixty-seven percent owned. Jamie, those are the two guys you highlighted. Uh, your preference: DK Metcalf, James Washington. Oh, Metcalf. Okay. I mean, if Metcalf is available, is he just a must-own right now? Yes. Yep. He is he a break the bank guy? Um, I, I think if I needed a receiver, I'd go higher than 10%, but not a lot. Higher. Right, right. Yeah. I don't Is know. that breaking the bank? No, that no. What? I think okay. there'll, there'll be weeks where we're saying, yeah, spend 40% of your fab or, you know, something like that. Uh, Metcalf, I was thinking, yeah, 10, 15%. I agree. Um, and then what about these guys, Jamie? Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Cortland Sutton, Sterling Shepard, Marvin Jones. If you saw them, are they must adds? MVS, Cortland Sutton. Sterling Shepard, Marvin Jones. I would say that they're behind the Chiefs guys. They're behind Aguilar for this week. If those other guys are out for Philadelphia. And they're probably behind McLaren. They're okay. not must-ads. You can think about stashing Shepard. Okay. Really? That's it. Yeah, I might take Sutton the best of that group. Yeah, I like Sutton. I mean, Sutton had seven targets in week one, eight in week two. Or actually, I flipped that. I'm not going to hold him in low regard for getting four catches for 40 yards against the Bears. Uh, unfortunately, his next two opponents are the Packers and the Jaguars, so I don't know how much easier it gets. But you know, like Sutton, if Sutton's out there, if somebody drops Sutton, don't don't run don't run away from it. All right, priority list <laughs> for uh, you working working on that novel uh, for uh, wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hardman. Talked about them enough. Robinson, 4%. Owen Hardman, 49%. Aguilar, 20%. Um, Terry McLaurin, 51%. Now let's talk about the rest of the group. DJ Chark, Debo Samuel, Randall Cobb, Marquise Goodwin. How about those four? Chark, Debo, Cobb, and Goodwin. That's how Jamie has it ranked, Dave. Who do you like in that group? I like Chark the best of that group. I think that he could be pretty good in Jacksonville. Minshew just seemed to do better throwing to the sidelines rather than over the middle of the field. I think that's part of the reason why D.D. Westbrook didn't have the game that we all thought he would have against Houston. Um, I, I, I like the makeup of Chark. He's tall, seems kind of like a giant when he's out there, and he's very fast. And his, his late touchdown against Houston was a very smart play on his part. He was all the way to the other side of the formation. 
cuts across the field and he realized that he could get open in, in the back corner of the end zone, kind of that part of the end zone. And so he sped up to get there. Minshew saw him and hit him there. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he's got some appeal. I'm not ready to rule him out because he's a Jaguar or anything like that. Uh, I, I like him, but he's behind the guys that we've talked about. He might not be behind Aguilar for me, though, because Aguilar could just be a one- or two-week fix. Chark could be somebody that can help you out all season. Sure. And uh, team name Tuesday, Charknado. Thank you. It's probably been done before, but I'll just take credit for it. I'm just glad we're not singing this song. I will say that... Uh... Pete Prisco Drake has been talking about Chark all offseason, that they really liked him. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the byproduct of the quarterback change is that Nick Foles will check down, which is why we like D.D. Westbrook. You're not seeing that from Minshew. So Debo Samuel, I'm certainly interested in stashing him. Pittsburgh this Same. week. like who? I don't know that anybody's going to fire him up and start him right now. And then he has a bye in week four. So it's not great short term for Samuel, but... Somebody's got to emerge, and why? You know, it could be Marquis Goodwin, but the thing is, Goodwin had three targets. He was wide open on yes. busted coverage for a thirty-eight yard touchdown. So you have a few of those, though. And Samuel had seven targets, though. I, I don't know if that matters much to yeah, you. Yeah, I I like Samuel better too. And to me, he's kind of like the the smart guy gets him third on his waiver list. So you get a couple of other players first, and then you just kind of slide Samuel onto your bench. Like I think he's, I think it's a shrewd move to get him on your bench. He wouldn't be a priority ad, but he's he's got a lot of potential. I really like his game, and I really think he fits a lot of what the Niners do on offense. You remember the storyline going into the week was they were going to scale back his snap count to give Dante Pettis more snaps. Yes, Pettis fooled you. <laughs> uh, okay, so other guys, Jamie, your quick thoughts on the Cowboys? Randall Cobb, twenty-four percent owned. Devin Smith unowned. I mean, you have now a two to four week window of no, um, no Michael Gallup, yeah. and, and Dave said, you know, very well could be Jason Witten, who, who's playing a little bit more. Um, I, I think you saw, you know, Cobb certainly week one have a good performance, and Devin Smith had the the good performance in week two. Uh, it's just amazing that he's come back from the two ACL tears and is is able to still be in the NFL. I, I don't think a lot of people thought that would be the case, but. Uh, with the way that uh, Kellen Moore is calling plays for the Cowboys, everybody's on the table now to be potential options. And uh, with an opening, um, I prefer Cobb just because I think his targets will be a little bit higher. But, you know, if you're stuck in a deep league, Devin Smith, his playing time will go up, his snap counts will go up, and and you see that the Cowboys like him. So um, it, it's uh, it's an opportunity to gravitate toward both those guys in their respective leagues. Yeah, Michael Gallup has 25% of the targets so far. 15 targets on 62 passes from Dak Prescott. So that's a lot of production that needs to be spread around now, and they're facing Miami. And then you've got Cole Beasley against Cincinnati. Chris Conley, who's a bit banged up. Um, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, if both guys are out. Ortega-Whiteside played almost every snap, played 93% of the snap, didn't do anything. But, you know, getting, getting work. And then Preston Williams, it'll be a comeback effort. Preston Williams has been the best Dolphins receiver thus far just, yeah I, I put one more name in there too adam if you just want to take a long-term approach is golden tate you know 48 percent mm. on we're two games you know out of his uh return from his suspension and if sterling shepherd's concussion lingers and you know if they do make the switch to daniel jones he could be somebody that you want to stash just to see what happens when he's finally able to play mm-hmm. yeah jones to tate just feels a lot like brady to edelman to me you know it's <laughs> just uh and then i'm gonna throw these names out there if you saw them on waivers would you want them geronimo allison Corey davis demir bird Mac Hollins, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I think Mac Hollins is in the same boat as Arcega Whiteside, you know, just because of the openings now. Um, I didn't list him with the other uh, players here, but, you know, if you are if you are looking at it as who could benefit with the Eagles injuries, he's on that list. He's another big body receiver in Philadelphia. It's funny that Corey Davis has fallen this far on the list. Just he's a sensational. He, he should be a sensational talent, just saddled on the wrong team. And just the numbers haven't been good. I, I, if you pick him up to stash him, like, I don't know if I can make the case for him over Debo Samuel at this point. No, like, I, I think wouldn't. I'd rather have Samuel because he's the devil I don't know versus yeah, I'd much rather have Debo Corey Samuel. Davis, who just like he has four touchdowns a year and you don't know when they're coming. Yeah, but Hunter Renfro, I mean, if Tyrell Williams is out, would you be interested in Renfro? 8% own? No. Okay. If Tyrell Williams is out, yes, but. You know, that would have to be more of a long-term injury than a short-term injury. 
All right, tight ends is pretty easy, but Vance McDonald or Greg Olson? Olson. Okay, Vance McDonald, Eric Ebron, Jimmy Graham. How would you rank them? McDonald, Graham, Ebron. I'll take Ebron over Graham. And then Vernon Davis, Will Disley, Jason Witten, Tyler Eifert could be an option at Buffalo. I put Trey Burton on there. I don't know. He's 41% on. He's at Washington. It's a name you've heard before. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of names you've heard before, Jason Witten would be the one that I would take from that group. Uh, Don't forget Chris Herndon, too, if you want to take a long-term approach. And DSTs, uh, we talked had a good discussion about this. Dallas is 81% owned, so get them. They're number one. Uh, but if not them, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Titans, the 49ers, all good options. And, you know, the Buccaneers, what do you think about them against the Giants? Who's starting a quarterback? Does it matter? Yes. Well, let me tell you this about Daniel Jones. I've seen him throw. I've seen him play in the preseason and in the regular season. He's fumbled three times. So, like, he's probably going to turn the ball over. Also, I think Eli's going to start. You got right. what? What'd you say? Eli's going to start. I think Eli's going to start. Like, then I like Tampa Bay's DST a little better. Yeah, he's just not going to turn the ball over. That's the thing. That's true. They they haven't been, yeah. Well, look, you probably don't have to go to Tampa Bay, their DST. But they've been, they're like the 49ers. They've been surprisingly solid. And they've got a better matchup than the Niners, probably. Niners have Pittsburgh. Whew. All right. Oh, Vernon Hargraves is the IDP guy I wanted to mention. Let me tell you why. The thing I don't like about IDP, and Logan Ryan is another guy you can look at. He's off to a good start. Ronald Darby had a huge IDP game in our league. And obviously IDP scoring, it's all different. But he had, he had a pick, which is great. He had three passes defended. He had an assisted tackle. He had, I think, two solo tackles. Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby had a terrible game. He consistently got beat deep. He was awful against the Falcons. And if you actually are a bad cornerback, you can put up points if they throw at you a lot. So that's something to sort of look at in IDP. And last thing, we talk about like busts so far, guys who've been crappy like Joe Mixon. Aaron Donald has been a massive bust. He has two tackles and that's it all season long. He will erupt this week. He will have eight tackles and two sacks. Dave, Jamie, thank you very much. Thank you. You know, um, there's one more guy off waivers that you should look at for IDP. <laughs> yeah. He's a, a defensive end. Uh-huh. You remember uh, Kabir Gabajamila Mila? <laughs> yes. His I initials do. are great. Yeah, yeah. Kabir. You know what they are? What are they? GGB. Okay, goodbye. Thank what you, What does it stand Jamie. for? What does it stand for? You gotta go You're back. asking. Yeah, what I, don't, I, I, I thought he was just going to say it. The if best he, part he really postponed it. Jamie throwing off the headset. Like expensive, expensive podcast equipment just getting shoved on, on the desk at this point. That's the great thing about podcasting, Dave. Nothing is that expensive. Start a podcast at home, ladies and gentlemen. For Dave Richard, for Jamie Eisenberg, I'm Adam Azer saying... Just kidding. We are now recording a bonus podcast after we did our na 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 about Daniel Jones, because it is officially not time for Eli Manning, Dave. The Daniel Jones era begins, and uh, he's the starting quarterback at Tampa Bay this week. What do you think? I love it. I really do. I don't know if I'm going to start him in fantasy or anything like that, but I was so impressed with him this preseason. He completed 85% of his passes. He averaged 12.2 yards per attempt. He, uh, he didn't throw a single pick, just a couple of touchdowns, but he was playing with backups. I think he's got a chance to be a good quarterback for the Giants. And to me, the fact that the Giants are making this move after two games tells me that the coaching staff liked him better than Eli coming into the year and that they had to give Eli this this token opportunity. And now that the team went 0-2, it's, it's like the coaches took a stand against ownership and said, hey, look, we're not really going anywhere with Eli. Let's give this kid a shot and see what he can do. And I, I think he's got a chance to be good in a two quarterback league. I, I'm looking for him. And um, yeah, I'm excited yeah. about Daniel Jones. Well, listen, I'm the, I'm the breeze owner in a two quarterback league. And now I can choose between Bridgewater, Rudolph and Daniel Jones. And I, I, who would you take? I would Rudolph Jones, Bridgewater. And 
I don't think I'm going to change my mind on Rudolph Jones, but I'm like, that's how, that's how kind of excited I am about Daniel Jones. And I know that he wasn't, you know, the stat machine quarterback at Duke, but he played with a terrible offensive line, really bad receivers. They were dropping passes everywhere and he was putting the ball right on them. I think he's a, I think he could be a good quarterback. I think you should be excited. Giants fan. I'm a little sad, a little sad. I mean, Eli did not play poorly. It's not like he was the reason they're 0-2. You may have seen he threw two interceptions on Sunday, but one of them was a strange deflection. The other one was a desperation heave when they were down, I think, by 14. So I I don't think he really earned this demotion, but I understand the reason for it. Like, obviously, you know, you compare it to when Eli Manning took over, I have a lot more affection for Eli Manning than I did for Kurt Warner, who was the quarterback when Eli took over for him midway through that season. So, you know, it's bittersweet, but I'm ready for the era to start. One thing about Daniel Jones is he is a mobile guy. He can run a little bit. I don't. You're not going to get huge production with his legs, but you might get a few 20-yard, 30-yard games, something like that. Well, I, I don't know if you can count on that. No, you can't. I, I know I, in the, I the said preseason, that. or coming into the NFL, he did that a lot at Duke, but I wonder if that was just a byproduct of... Oh my God, he's under pressure. He's got to do something to make a play. It's not like he ran around during the preseason. No, I'm not saying you can't rely on it. I'm just saying that is something that he has that people might not know about him. He can move, uh, and you know, he uh, hopefully he has Sterling Shepard this week. They seem to be a little optimistic about that. So, uh, all right, he's obviously a deep league guy at this point, a two quarterback league guy. But Daniel Jones is the guy. Does this affect Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram? My this was my fear with Evan Ingram. Said I, I didn't want to take him as a top fifty pick, because I knew that Manning was going to get pulled eventually. I thought it'd be later in the season, and as bad as Manning can be, he's not necessarily bad for Beckham, Ingram, guys like that. And you knew what you were going to get, and it was a good start for for Ingram. So yeah, I don't know. How do you think this affects the other guys on the team? I think it's positive. I think you've got a stronger armed quarterback and a fresher quarterback coming in to, to make plays for the offense. I think it's as simple as that. I think that you're going to see um, Shepard and Ingram have a better average, and they might have more catchable targets headed their way with Jones than they would have with Eli. And might that might only go up by a little bit. About Barkley. I, I think Daniel Jones is going to be good. What about I've already said that, what, three times yeah, now no, already? I, I I'm like excited. it. I, I like the optimism. Final thought on Saquon Barkley with Jones. He's good. You should start him. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they can be in better game scripts and they can keep giving him oh, the ball. Oh, and by the way, they're playing Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. That's that's a team that doesn't have a, an enormous pass rush and very, very questionable members in the secondary. And maybe Daniel Jones can play defensive back because that's really what the Giants need. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. This is really it for today's show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Are you sure this is really it? This is really it. I don't, have, I don't think we, we can do it twice. Have we ever done this twice? Can we do podcast? it twice? Is that allowed? I, I don't know. I'm going to say... No, 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 no. No. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.